he's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. In the transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm back in the studio, GB. I'm back, baby. Wilshire, <laughs> Maslin, Intercom. I'm back in here, man. It feels good to be back from Canton, Ohio. What an unbelievable trip. I'll get to that more down the road. But my friend Greg Biggins is on the line. As always, we are the Transparent Truth, and we are here, the number one's high school football podcast in America. GB, talk to me. Dude, I'm fired up, man. I'm kind of excited. The interviews were fine. You know, talking recruiting was fine, seven on seven. But today, we finally get a chance to talk 11 on 11. Pads, football, doing some previews. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about all that. Oh, I'm very excited. When you, when you talk about pads, you talk about strapping up that chin strap a little tighter, put a little bit more tape on your wrist, tying up those shoes on a double knot GB. It's time to dig in, lock in, and load up and go bang, bang. Get on that grass and have some fun, man. I'm so excited. The week, we're we're one week away from Chaminade, Oaks Christian, kicking us off, which is next Thursday, I believe the 16th. And uh, it's going to be an unbelievable 2018 football season, GB. But, you know, nevertheless, man, I'm glad you're here with me on the line. And uh, we're doing the transparent truth all over again, baby. And nobody does it better. And speaking of doing it better, GB, you're going to hit us with a little bit of recruiting. I know there's some news out there. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. Go ahead and get us started. All kinds of commitments, right? Again, we're going to hold off on, on talking offers and visits. Let's just keep it because there's so many commits. Let's just talk about those guys. USC landed, I want to say, four players. Sometimes my mind kind of goes weird on me, Keith, and I forget if we already talked about these guys. But so no, go with it. Tell me if we've already done it. But I know for a fact we have not done Mananoa Tufono, who committed to USC on... Monday, yes. Tuesday. Um, you know what? I, I'll be honest. I, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the videos I see, the commitment videos. But I don't know if you had a chance to watch his. It was really good. Like it was, it was perfect. I thought for a commitment video. He chose USC at the end there, but it was basically a, a minute and a half uh, prayer, basically thanking God for everything he had, his family, his coaches, the way he was brought up. And at the very end, he said, Father, I'm going to USC. So it was really well done. I think most of his videos are a little bit over the top for me. But that one, I thought was really, really good. So I liked it. Uh, also, uh, USC lighted Jude Wolf. I think we kind of been talking about that one for a while. So no real surprise. But the, the big key with USC was being able to lie on a couple of tight ends, not just Jude Wolf, but Ethan Ray earlier. So Trinity League, couple dudes that can absolutely go. Jude, for me, one of the better pure pass catching tight ends. He's got a basketball background. I've always been a fan of that. Shows kind of his his, uh, his fluidity out on the football field. And I think he's still just learning the position. He's only been playing for football for a few years. But I think uh, he's got a chance to be pretty good. And then a couple of 2020 commitments for USC, Keith. How about Parker Lewis, a kicker? Yes, that's right, Keith, a kicker. Yeah, that's crazy. In the 2020 class. He's not messing around. He said, you know what? I want to go to USC. He's, going, he's from Saguaro, which is an awesome program. Jason Moans does an awesome job over there. They uh, they have Keely Rango and about 30 other Division One kids on that team. And then 
the big one was wide receiver from Archbishop Rummel in Louisiana. Keith, the top 200 player nationally. Talk about wide receiver Coy Moore. So USC now has two receivers in the 2020 class. Chris Hudson was the first. Coy Moore. Obviously, they have offers out to Gary Bryant and Johnny Wilson. Tell you what, man, the 2020 USC class is going to be really good. But take me take me down to Paradise City as the great Guns N' Roses one thing about Keith. Talk about Mananoa Tofono a little bit. How do you see this kid? Came into the offseason, stock really, really high, right? And if we're just being honest, took a, took a little bit of a dip yeah. this offseason, right? So sure. how do you break him down? And, and as a college prospect, what do you think about him? Sure. So, you know, like you said, just to reiterate, came in with a stock really high, had a really good junior season. Uh, he shows up on tape as a physical downhill linebacker, ready to thump at the point of attack. Uh, saw him in some camp settings. He didn't impress. Kind of had the soft middle. Uh, you know, feet weren't moving as quickly as we'd like it to see. So his, his, his stock took a little bit of a dip in terms of rankings or uh, how people projected him to the next level. Then again, got a chance to see Mananoa at the Pro Football Hall of Fame Elite Academy. Um, he had trimmed his body a little bit, got a little quicker, got a little faster. Still like him as a physical football player. And people got to remember, football is not all about your measurables. It's not all about how fast you can run a 40. You know, at some point, you got to get downhill and you got to put a lick on the other guy and separate him from the football. And you got to play with leverage and get underneath somebody's chin strap with your forearm and buckle them to their knees and have them say in a prayer, Mananoa's that type of kid. Spent some time with him this offseason. Terrific, terrific individual, GB. Um, very God-fearing kid, very humble kid, but nonetheless, he's got that uh, that internal fire. He's got that uh, that 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 urge and that rage in the pit of his stomach. And he's gonna come out and he's gonna be physical at the next level. I can tell you that. I want him. I, w- I would like to see him continue to develop athletically, though, working side to side, working on his pedal, opening up his hips, getting in his drops, playing on balance, in space, ready to break down and get guys to the ground who are more athletic. Nevertheless, Mananoa, I think, uh, is going to translate really well once he gets into a strength and conditioning program at the next level, which will help monitor and develop uh, that type of progress in his athleticism that will translate to the football field and have him be that much more productive um, versus more highly skilled athletes, GB. Yeah, no, 6'3", 230 at the Nike camp back in March um, and just has that frame that you kind of have to always really be cautious of because that 6'3", 230, and trust me, man, I'm, I'm from Hawaii. I know how those Polynesians are built. That 230 can get to 250 real quick. Yes. So, like you mentioned, the strength and conditioning program is going to have to be it's going to be vital and critical for his success. So he might go from playing inside linebacker to me going and putting his hand down. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that's where kind of where his body could go either either direction. Hey, St. John Bosco had a couple guys, Keith, that made their commitment. Naeem Rodman, uh, he jumped on the offer from Colorado. He took a visit the week before, and he went ahead and committed. And then just a, a day later over the weekend, Spencer Lytle committed to Wisconsin over Clemson. I'll tell you what, man, Spencer Lytle, this guy is going to be in the CIA one day, Keith. <laughs> this guy played his commitment so close to the vest that nobody knew. I mean, he didn't want anyone to know what was going on. I, w- I always kind of had a feeling for Wisconsin. I'm kicking myself. I didn't I didn't curse the ball him earlier. I just felt like he was a Big Ten type of linebacker. I felt like he just fit Wisconsin better than Clemson, but I, I didn't have the guts to do it. Um, 
yeah, man, he really played that one close to the vest. But he's going to Wisconsin, and he just seemed like he kind of fits in, in the Big Ten. What do you think? You know, Spencer's a guy, I think, you know, that versatility that he has in terms of his frame, um, his ability to move side to side, his ability to be physical on contact. I think he fits in multiple conferences. I think he fits in multiple schemes. Uh, Spencer right now, he's kind of slated as an outside guy, but with his frame, you can see him adding 15 more pounds and going from a 215 guy to a guy that's 230, 235, maybe moving to the inside in a more athletic conference to kind of really reduce um, him being a liability out in space. Uh, Spencer, great pickup for the Badgers. Badgers having one of their best recruiting classes in the last 20 to 25 years, GB. So they're on the move. They're on a roll. And it's, a look, again, a great pickup. Spencer Lauder here on the West Coast. Another St. John Bosco Brave making a commitment. It seems like they've got 15 guys committed already to colleges, which is insane, GB. Crazy. I mean, Colby Bowman, Maris Talibo, um, Chris Steele, Jude Wolf, Jude Wolf, Naeem Rodman, Naeem. Yeah, um, just... Trent McDuffie is going to be the next one to pop, I believe, and that's not even counting some. Oh, Chris Hudson in, in, in the 2020 class. Sure. Uh, George Halani is going to be given some program his uh, his pledge at some point. So Bosco's got dudes. With Spence, I think I think the two things that stand up for me right now are his frame. You mentioned he's 6'3", pushing 6'4", 215, could easily pack on 15 pounds. You wouldn't even notice because his frame is so good. He's so smart. I think he's a pretty highly intelligent kid. And I'm real happy for Naeem uh, Rodman, too, man. He's a, such a good kid, really works hard. Uh, you know, played kind of behind South Spina last year, kind of a nose guard type. But this year, he'll be the guy kind of anchoring that D-line, hoping to uh, – make a difference man everyone's talking about hey whoever wins the battle in the trenches is going to win that modern day bosco game and right now bosco's looking really strong up front how about a kid by the name of tristan st Clair going to stanford yeah huge pickup for them they were a little bit late to the party in terms of offering I mean, he had his offers from almost all of his favorites except for stanford that's where his dad went dad went and played there uh also played at edison high school in Huntington beach it's not too far from my home here but tristan uh, who plays high school ball up north, but he's going to Stanford. They were able to rally a little bit, beat out Cal and beat out Notre Dame. That was kind of the final three. I love Tristan. He's about 6'1", 6'1 half, about 2'10", real quick twitch kid. And they actually want him as an inside linebacker. You would think with that kind of size and speed, he'd be a natural weak side guy, kind of running around, covering back, covering some tight ends. But they want him to be on the inside. You know, the plan is to keep those those big you know, offensive linemen off of Tristan sure. to kind of just run around and make plays. Yeah, absolutely. Trying to maximize their speed, GB. Normally teams yep, are doing that. Yep. They're trying to maximize their team speed, get a guy on the inside who can not only, you know, play tackle to tackle, but run sideline to sideline, run down the middle of the zone with vertical tight ends, really be able to use that versatility to affect the defense um, in, a mo- in the most positive way. So, I, you know, I agree with it. I agree with it. As much speed as you can put on the field at one time is probably the best solution um, to playing, you know, physical, aggressive, fast defense, which would entails turns the offense over, forces three and outs, um, and, and keeps you productive on that side of the ball. Michael Johnson, quarterback from Sheldon High School in Eugene, Oregon. He committed to Penn State, kind of came down to Penn State and Miami in the end. I did get my crystal ball in for Penn State in time, Keith. I did get that. I, get this, I made those points right there. Michael oh. Johnson, going to Penn State. Uh, how do you think he fits in with what Penn State likes to do in their scheme and their offense and just a Big Ten and 
overall, where do you see Michael at, you know, three to four years from now? Yeah, sure. So Michael Johnson is a, a little bit of a developmental project right now, a quarterback. But if I if you say, you know, who are some of the top five coaches in America that's doing a great job developing at that quarterback position, you have to talk about James Franklin, right? He's a quarterback-friendly offense. He's going to be able to run it. He's going to be able to throw it. Once he gets the scheme down, add some weight and add some strength and bulk to that long lean frame that he has we already know he's an unbelievable athlete with tremendous speed and acceleration to not only get the edge but hit the edge and hit it moving and be able to chew up yardage in chunks I think he will be used in a very dynamic way by James Franklin and that offensive staff at Penn State they've already had a superior recruiting class in 2017 or excuse me, 2018, which would be that uh, Micah Parsons class who uh, who leads that group on the side of the ball. So Michael Johnson, a dynamic athlete, a explosive quarterback on the ground, continue, needs to continue to develop through the air with his arm, with his ability to, to contact and, and really hit guys in stride in the second and third level. But I think he's going to a great program over there at We Are in State College, and uh, James Franklin is an excellent head coach who I am a very, very big supporter and advocate of. And last but not least, what would this little recruit notes be without a little Oregon picking up another player? <laughs> Actually flipped, flipped an offensive lineman who was formerly committed to Arizona State, uh, Joey Capra, Capra. Yeah. I, I misspelled, it's like his third brother. And I've misspelled or mispronounced all three of their last names. <laughs> At least you're Joey consistent, Capra. GB. At least you're consistent. consistent. Yeah. Uh, Joey Capra flipped his commitment from Arizona State to Oregon. Older brother Jacob is actually an Oregon duck right now. And and unfortunately um, for Joey, he got the offer from Oregon after he was already committed to Arizona State. The offer, again, kind of didn't advertise it much, didn't tell anyone about it. But then he went ahead and committed. I, I said, hey, you know, when did that offer come in? He goes, man, it just came a few days after my Arizona State commitment. So he was torn. He's a loyal kid. He understands commitment. But Oregon is his dream school. All the brother looks up to um, Jacob. He's already an Oregon duck. And again, he just he felt like that was the best move for him to make. So um, Big Joey, offensive lineman, who I think is probably the best Capra in the family, is going to be an Oregon duck as well. And Keith? I made, a, I made a pretty significant crystal ball pick last night. What do you got? I went ahead and, and walked the plank, and I made an early, early pick for, for uh, a guy who I know you're very fond of. I'm going Florida State for Mr. Kayvon Thibodeau. Wow. You like you like that one? What do you think? I don't know, GB. I what don't, do you think? I don't. Break listen, I, listen, hey, I know Kayvon well. Talk to Kayvon a lot. I know he likes Florida State. I know he really likes Florida State. He really enjoys Tallahassee. He understands the lineage that has come through um, Florida State in terms of that defensive end position. Uh, It's known. um, It's deep. It's very talented. It's got a deep history of success, not only at the college level, but also at the NFL. Uh, But I also know Kayvon is a very, very big and very, very uh, inclusive Part of that kind of road tide elite 2019 group um, who may be going there after this season. If you're going with Florida State, I'm going to take Bama as the crystal ball pick. Of course, I don't do crystal balls, but I, listen, your, your Florida State pick isn't bad at all. I just have a feeling he's going to end up at Bama. I'm just going to say that. 
I just I, I got I just get an FSU vibe from him. Okay. I think he likes that. He seems like he's a big city kid. Tallahassee kind of just seems to fit him. You mentioned the the defensive end lineage. I feel sure. like just you know you know how Kayvon. I think he's a very strong. Uh, I want to say he's very smart, bright, opinionated, not afraid to share his view. I think having a black head coach is big. I know that was a big factor for Jaden Woodby last year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I just think if the family, if he's going to leave home, I just think they'd be more comfortable with him in Tallahassee than in Alabama. I think Alabama is a very, 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 very close second okay. right now. So if he were to choose Bama, it would not shock me even like 1%. Sure. I just wanted to go out on the limb and go ahead and make a pick way in advance. Sure, sure. He set up his, he set up his first official visit uh, to FSU for September 3rd. He's going to definitely visit Bama, too. I still think USC has a chance. They're kind of still slow playing him a little bit, but I still think they got that puncher's chance because he is from SoCal. He has those strong L.A. roots. He wants to come back here and, and live once his football days are over. He wants to be a business guy or go in entertainment. SoCal kind of fits all that, but I just think it's FSU and Bama, and I'm just going to give FSU a, a little bit of an edge right now, enough to make me go ahead and, and walk the plank and make an early pick. I never do. Yeah. I just figure, hey, what the heck? No, no, I like I it. Get, I get a Bama vital, I'll just flip it to Bama. Yeah, what yeah. Heck? Hey, listen, I like it. It's not, it's not I, set in stone. Listen, man, going out on a limb, being a first guesser, I like it. I'm, I'm a big supporter of you when you do things like that. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, you brought up something interesting, Greg. You said, you know, USC is kind of slow playing Kayvon. I don't understand that. Um, I'll never understand that. That's like slow playing, you know, Floyd Mayweather sure. or slow playing Jim Brown. I mean, this kid is probably the best pass rusher from Southern California in the past 20 years. Um, and you slow play him. I just don't, I don't understand it. But nevertheless, Florida State, Bama, SC's got a puncher's chance. We'll see what it comes down to. We'll be look. We'll be watching Kayvon in action next Thursday. Oaks Christian Chaminade should be a great day. Should be a great game. We'll be previewing that next week. But uh, we'll see. Seminoles. That is it. Roll Tide. We'll it. see. Roll Tide. Yeah, we'll see. And that is it for recruit notes for the week. GB, my man, appreciate you always with the recruiting notes. So many guys making commitments. Bosco's loaded. They've got so many players. Super teams. I mean, you know, guys have 12 commits before the season. It's crazy. It never used to be this way. But this is the day and age we live in, Greg Biggins. Uh, you know, Bosco with 10-plus commits before the season. Modern day, they've got a loaded squad. Um, and that's just kind of the way things go. But, hey, GB, as always, I appreciate you, my man, coming through with our recruiting news. It's always top-notch. And uh, thank you for doing a great job. Absolutely. Thank you. It's time. Always my pleasure. Hey, and as it was your pleasure, it's now time for our Sleeper of the Week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry.
Our sleeper of the week this week is a transfer. What a shocker. Considering Southern Section has had over 10,000 transfers this year, our sleeper of the week this week is a transfer um, originally at Narbonne High School, now at Lawndale, a two-way player, defensive back, wide receiver, 2020 class, Elijah Jackson. Saw Elijah at Narbonne last year, really liked his upside. Uh, He was only a sophomore last year, but played some varsity. Um, You could see his length. You could see the explosiveness out of his breaks. Uh, You could see the playmaking ability, his ball skills, his body control, his awareness, um, his ability to track and finish. Video footage showed up with him at Londell's practice. He looked Leaner, he looked taller, he looked longer, he looked twitchy. If I could take a, a page out of Daniel Jeremiah's, but he looked twitchy out there. And I really like Elijah Jackson. I think he's gonna have a huge year this year at Lindell. Of course, we know they got Jordan Will score. They're gonna feed him the rock and be careful when they pull that ball out of Jordan Will score's stomach and they go up top to Elijah Jackson, a great athlete with tremendous ball skills, going vertical, getting behind the defense, making big-time plays that you're going to have to strike up the band afterwards, GB, because it's going to go for six. Elijah Jackson, congratulations, my man. Class of 2020, this week's Transparent Truth, Sleeper of the Week. Greg Ben? You know, they're, they're a little disappointed that he left. To be honest with you, that wasn't one of those. Sometimes, you know, when a guy leaves, it's kind of like, you know, it's a malcontent. I get him out of here. We got more guys coming in anyway. I think that's what happened with, with Elijah was he saw so many transfers coming in. He kind of thought, yeah, I need to go find a, another school to play more. They wanted him to stay. And even now, after seeing some of the guys that, that transferred in there, they're not convinced that Elijah wasn't going to beat all these guys out. It, it's kind of like, shoot, man, stay and compete. But, uh, you know, he, he's going to make big plays for sure. Like you mentioned, he's a natural talent. So uh, our guy, Travis Clark, he'll find a way to get it done with him. Absolutely. love. I've learned to love Travis Clark, love his competitive edge, his competitive nature. He's going to find some players. He's going to get them in school. And uh, they're going to be some playmakers. Again, Elijah Jackson, he falls right into that mode. Uh, love their running game. Will Moore, for me, is one of the top running backs in the state easily. And I think he could compete with probably any running back in the country. Uh they're going to have a good squad. I know they got a tough schedule this year. We talked to Travis last year about scheduling some heavyweights. He really felt like um, this year's class over at Lawndale was going to be elite, and they felt like they could take on some big-time programs. They're going to get their chance. Adding Elijah Jackson to that mix on the outside is only going to help. Um, it's only going to help his, uh, his his objective moving forward is as putting – Lindell on the map as a premier program here in Southern California coming out of the South Bay area. So we'll be looking forward to that. GB, it's now time, my man. We're talking divisional breakdown. We're talking CIF Southern Section divisional breakdown. Divisions two through six today. Two through six. And I can't wait, GB. This is, we're talking real football, man. I don't want to hear about no seven on seven teams. <laughs> I don't want to hear about no guys reaching out and touching another guy on the backside to, to call him down. I don't want to hear about guys, you know, wearing shades and kicking balls, you know, when they get an interception. All I want to hear about is running and hitting and guys making plays. That's all I want to hear. If you're not doing that, Greg Biggins, in Divisions 2 through 6, you are not going to get the call from the Transparent Truth. You can believe that. Yeah, and let's start. Let's start. You know, let's go 6, 5, 4, 3, 2. How about we do it that way? We go, let's go reverse order. We're going to save D1 for next week. Okay. And uh, that'll be a whole show on its own. Yeah, no question. Um, but D6, 
is interesting. A lot of, a lot of movement, movement uh, for a lot of diff- different teams. Last year, uh, Bishop Diego won this division over Golden Valley. Both yeah. those two teams jumped to, the, to, uh, to D4. Right. Uh, easy for me to say right now. So looking at the CIF rankings, and you know they got Gar rated number one. Um, and I don't know if we want to go down this whole entire list. I can rip through it really quickly if we want to. Gar, Canyon. Yeah. Miracosta, St. Margaret's, Valley Christian, Oxnard, Quartz Hill, Fullerton, Serrano, South Hills, Valley View, Pacifica, Mayfair, Wilson, out of Long Beach, West Ranch, Huntington Beach High School, Silverado, Cypress, Tustin, Ayala, Palmdale, and Canyon. Yeah. That is D6 right there, Keith. 22 teams. Yeah. Any teams in that group kind of jump out to you? Yeah, absolutely. So, Number one, Maricosta. Head coach Don Merrill's been there, seems like, for a quarter, you know, 25 years or so. Don Merrill, he's won a couple of CIF championships over there in Maricosta. He always has a good squad. Derek Bedell's squad over at Mayfair, which is close to my house, of course, they've got a couple of big-time players up over there. You better look out for them. Uh, they've got some young kids who I went to go see who can play. Uh, of course, they got the big-time safety, Chris Adamora, who's going to play both sides of the ball. I really like Derek Bedell's squad over at Mayfair. How about Huntington Beach, a team that you went to go see, GB, this summer? They've got a couple of good athletes. They're looking to make some waves. I know Gar High School, I don't know if they have enough horses in the stable, GB, to get it done, okay? Uh, I know they've got a a couple of big-time players, but I don't know if they have the depth. I don't know if they have enough to get it done uh, for an entire year, a 14-game schedule. We'll see how that happens. You got to look out for John Mack over there at Oxnard High School, okay? Be looking out for that. J.R. Waters is a big-time player on the outside. They've got a quarterback who's returning, who's also a great football player. He's like a point guard. He can distribute it to the wing. He can get it out quick and make good decisions. Uh, but John Mack always does an excellent job coaching. You know he's going to have players. One thing he does is he's going to get some players in, a lot like um, our coach over there at Lindale. And, uh, you know, we'll see how that all turns out and, and, and how they kind of moving forward. But I'm going to put my money on Oxnard to take that division, GB. And I just got a feeling they're loading up a little bit up over there. They're kind of off the radar, off the map. They're just stacking talent. Uh, and they're going to come out to shoot playing ball. Watch what I tell you. So I, I get so Micah Bernard obviously is the is the headliner for Gar. Sure. And he is he is a stud. He is one of the better backs that no one's talking about. Sure. Talking to my guy Michael Fletcher, who's you know, lead running back coach at the Nike camp, he was like, dude, Micah Bernard's better than all these guys that are getting all this attention. Two thousand yard runner. Um, but I, I don't know if I see Gar as the number one team no. right now. As yeah. of right now. Yeah. To be honest with you, I'm kind of I kind of like Mayfair. I'm a I'm a big John Mack guy. Go way back with John Mack, and I think Jared Waters is going to have a huge year. People keep complaining about his ranking, mostly the Oregon Duck fans, and everybody wants their players rated higher. I get that. Of course. I'm like, hey man, as soon as Jr. shows on the field, what he kind of showed flashes of in seven on seven. But like you said, at the very top of this, we're pads. We're, we're all about the pads. Here. Yeah, yeah. Jr. has yet to dominate with the pads on, and, right. he, and I think he will this year. And when he does. Then we'll move them up accordingly, right? That's kind of how it should be. Absolutely. But I kind of like Mayfair, Keith. Okay. They were, you know, you mentioned Chris Adamora. I think he's probably the best player in this division. They were 11-2 last year. They had quarterback Josh Calvin, who's a legit D1 quarterback. Right. And 
really, really well coached. Derek Bedell does a great job. And they're like in the middle of the pack in this division, division six. So I'm not sure if this was really ranked like, you know, Gar one all the way down to Kenyon 22, or it, I don't know what the order was, but I kind of like what Mayfair's got going. I do like Oxnard. I think Gar's get, look like a final four team for me. But if I just had to go out on a limb just for the fun of it, I'm going to go ahead and say I think Mayfair has got a chance to make some noise. You mentioned Huntington Beach High School. I, I did see them. Jeremiah Flanagan, Eric McLawyer, a couple of elite athletes that are next-level players for sure. So overall, pretty solid division. Um, I like your choice for Oxnard. Just to be contrarian, I'm going to go with, with Mayfair. And okay. then probably about halfway through the season, we'll probably go, what were we thinking picking those two teams? <laughs> but but for now, I think that's pretty solid. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's pretty solid. I also got to give a big shout-out. Uh, to Valley View, excuse me, Valley Christian, Valley Christian High School, which is in Cerritos, uh, very right next to my house as well. Um, head coach Stephen Kelly, a former uh, coaching colleague of mine, he coached uh, on our staff when we were at Compton High School. This is his head, first head coaching job. He was an officer coordinator at Redondo Beach High School for the last few years. Um, he's going to do a solid job at Valley View. If he took notes and, and and really learned under myself and my brother and Coach Calvin Bryant. Um, he knows he better be physical in the trenches. And he better get some athletes that can run away from people in the open field. If you can do those things, watch out for Valley Christian. They had a good team last year. I think they were a semifinalist last year. Um, I know they lost some players. They got a new head coach. But uh, they got some talent over in that area. And, and I know Stephen Kelly um, is a very good football coach. So look out for them in Division and, Six. Uh, if, he, if he was spent any time around my guy Calvin Bryant, the fighting Calvin Bryant, He's going to be a special coach. Absolutely, Keith. I agree with you 100% right there, baby. The fighting Harvey. Calvin Bryant. Yes, sir. Let's move D5. on to Division 5. Yeah. Go to D5? Yeah, Absolutely. Let's, let's move on to D5. So, again, Paraclete beat Moore Park last year. Both those te- teams not only moved up one, but two divisions. Now, now those are uh, both in D3. So, we got a whole lot of new teams in Division 5. Uh, running through them right now. They have Palos Verdes TV as the number one seed. Burroughs, La Serna, St. Paul, Don Lugo, Colony, Glendora, Ventura, the fighting Brennan Huffman's right there. Corona, Harvard Westlake, Lawndale. I mean, Lawndale at like 10? Yeah. What the heck? Antelope Valley, Los Altos, Los Pueblos, Redlands, Diamond Ranch, Los Osos, Apple Valley, Aquinas, Tribuco Hills, Carter High School, and Burbank. I mean, obviously, the person that jumped out to me is Lawndale, who was undefeated last year and was, was upset in the second round of the playoffs. That's probably the only reason why they stayed in Division 5 because, I mean, they make it to the Final Four. They're going to move up to probably Division 4 or Division 3. Sure. They have, you know, obviously the best player in this division with Jordan Wilmore. And it's not just him. I mean, it's Terrence Simon. It's Stan Livingston. It's Eli- Mikel Athene. It's Elijah Jackson. You know, our sleeper of the week, absolutely. Travis Clark, really well-coached team. So I don't get what the snub was for them to be rated so low. Again, I'm assuming these are these are ranked. And I want to say they are because when you look at D1, it, it shows, you know, it shows them as Marde, Bosco, Mission, Orange, Blue. It looks like it's an actual ranking. And it says by rankings on the CF website. So I'd take shots at CAF, but I'm just kind of curious why Lawndale is so low. But any other observations from D5, Keith? You know, I, I think you kind of hit it on the edge. One thing that stands out to me is teams from the IE 
you know, in particular Corona. They normally have a pre- some pretty good athletes over there. Colony, of course, they lost the big receiver to UCLA. But again, they normally have some pretty good athletes over there as well. Um, Apple Valley, they've got a couple good, pretty good athletes. It's going to be interesting to see what is what about Los Altos. Normally a physical program. How about Palos Verdes? They're always in the playoffs. They're always challenging for a CIF title every stinking year. That's just what they do. So we'll see how that kind of turns out. So it'll be interesting. I think Lindell, to me, is out in front. Um, I know Antelope Valley's going to be good. Uh, of course, they got to get coach up over there. They've got some, some excellent talent. So you got to look out for Antelope Valley. But I think Lindell with Jordan Wilmore and their plethora of talent, Travis Scott leading the way as the head ball coach, to me, I think they're out in front. Everybody else is chasing them, GB, in Division Five. Yeah, I mean, Jermaine Lewis, like you mentioned, coach at Antelope Valley. Dylan Hall is a nice two-way player. Um, you know, I, I think kind of a sleeper team to watch in that division would be Diamond Ranch. Um, in terms of, like, they got some they got some dudes. You know, Amir Johnson is, a, you know, the guy who we all were staring at going, who is this guy? The Nike camp, 6'6 six, six and, and 230 with a great frame. Sophomore Christian Dixon has a USC offer already at a Diamond Ranch. He's a wide receiver DB that we saw a little bit at that USC camp. So Diamond Ranch, for me, is a, is a sleeper team in this division. But I do really like Londell. I think they're going to be coming angry. I think they're going to be coming with their ears pinned back, as the great Coach Rollins would say, blood in their eyes. And they're going to be ready to go. So I love Londell. And uh, like you mentioned, PB, always really well coached, always tough physical up front. It's always... Uh, a, a tough game when you play those guys. It's just not, not fun to play against PD because because of how well they play up front and uh, how physical and, and nasty they are. They play really ground and pound physical football. Not a fun team to play against, but athlete for athlete, uh, I, I really like Londale. So uh, deep, and that does it for I think for D five. What about D four, Keith? Um, you ready to take on this division? This division looks pretty sick and loaded. I'm yeah, looking at it right now. Absolutely, uh, this is one of the divisions I got really really excited about as I was researching and doing my homework. For this show, I thought Division 4 was pretty loaded with talent. You talk about Bishop Diego, who thrashed Golden Valley last year with an unbelievable run game in the championship. Also, Chaparral, um, who they've got their new head coach. They're going to be formidable. How about Corona Del Mar with their quarterback and their receiver combination with Garbers? And uh, who's the receiver I'm talking about, GB, over there at yeah, CDM? Yeah. Yeah, John Humphreys. John Humphreys, absolutely. Uh, what is Crespi going to look like with their new ball coach, who I really like, who was uh, formerly the Losinger High School head coach. He's now over at Crespi. Um, he does an excellent job coaching. I've had a chance to interact with him um, as competitors, and I got, I got a lot of respect uh, for how he runs a program, how he communicates with kids, how he implements offense with scheme. Um, he does a great job utilizing talent. Grace Brethren, of course, they've had a mass exodus of elite talent from Grace Brethren. But if you know those coaches over there, they've got players still in the stable. The cupboard is not bare. And they'll be looking to kind of uh, feed the rock and, and really highlight some other guys. Oak Hills always has some of the top talent in the high desert. Paramount, the fighting Michael Fletchers. They've been kind of loading up on talent for the last couple of years. And I think they're going to come out to shoot hot. And on fire, ready to give people the business, GB. You want to finish off D4 here? Yeah, yeah. You know, let's just, for the, for the fans that don't have the luxury of seeing the bracket right in front of them like we do, I'm just going to rip through these. So, they, again, this is in order. It's 19 teams in this one. So, Villa Park, 
is the number one seed, uh, really good-looking quarterback, Paul Peferi, who's going to Purdue University. They got the number one seed, Crespi, Paramount, Ukaipa, Corona Del Mar, Bishop Diego, Grace Brethren, Oak Hills, Saugus, Golden Valley, who lost to Gabriel Floyd in the offseason, El Modena, Chino Hills, Chaparral, Camarillo, St. Bonaventure, Rio Mesa, Redondo, Union King, and then Yorba Linda High School, coached by my good buddy, Jeff Bailey. Myself, Jeff Bailey, Michael Fletcher. In our time, Coach Keith, we probably must have timed about 3,040-yard dashes. That was our role at the Nike camps. Three of us, plus Brian Stump, loved the top 40. So, uh, spent a lot of good time talking with those two guys. Unfortunately, uh, my guy, Jeff, they didn't have quite as much talent as the fighting Michael Fletcher's do. Man, Paramount, not just about Fletcher, but I mean, talk about... You know, the Livingston brothers, Justin Livingston, Deontay, they're both really good. Um, you know, Darius Wallace, good-looking athlete. Uh, D. Lyman, Jerry Achin, uh, I think he was league player of the year last year. Talked about Villa Park already. CDM, Ethan Garber looks good. John Humphreys is a stud. Mark Redmond, big-time tight end. All those guys. You know, Grace Brethren lost a ton, as you mentioned. Jordan Banks, Seven McGee, Brandon Jones. They still have Stanley Tafu with the USC commit. He is an absolute load off that edge, playing a little outside linebacker, defense, bend, whatever you want to call it. Uh, some nice star power in this division, Keith. Oak Hills has big-time USC O-line commit, Jason Rodriguez. But if I had to pick one team right now, right now, I'm kind of leaning a little bit toward Corona Del Mar. You know, they played in a ton of big games. Uh, when they had Chase Garbers a few years ago, they made it all the way to the Seattle championship game loss in overtime and what was an unbelievable game against a great Sierra Canyon team. So they get it. They know how to play in those big games. I think Paramount's going to be there as well. That's probably my, my top two teams as of right now. Um, but I kind of like what CDM's got going on. Like, I like the balance, offense, defense. They're well coached. And, uh, again, when it comes to playing in, in a big game, you want to have that star power, and there's nobody better in that division than John Humphreys. 6'5", receiver, also can play safety. Uh, he's got a brother, Ben, who was one of my favorite linebackers a couple years ago at Duke. I think John's an even better prospect. Yeah, you throw in the quarterback, you throw in the tight end, you throw in the coaching. CDM, I think they're going to be really good, Keith. CDM, GB. You got to be able to look out for them. Anytime you have a big-time quarterback that has a go-to guy that's tough to deal with, you know, refer back to Hart when they had, you know, Brady and they had, you know, the receiver – um, Irwin. Irwin. I mean, those two were so tough to deal with. And they didn't have a lot of other pieces on that team. Those two were just, they had an unbelievable connection. And, you know, hey, listen, they just, they dominated. They dominated for years. So you look years. at CDM with with these two kids, they could definitely be a problem. How's St. Bonaventure going to be? They haven't kind of been on the map in a mile, in a, me, in a while. What about Villa Park, right? I like Villa Park. I think they're good. Yeah. You know, I think I think the quarterback can absolutely play. And they got some nice pieces around him as well. So, I mean, Villa Park's the number one seed in this division right now. And I, I, I don't think that's a, that's a huge mistake. They're not, my, they're not my favorite. But when you have an elite quarterback and a really strong, solid program, I think Villa Park is definitely in that Final Four conversation. No doubt about it. But remember the name, Bishop Diego. Uh, I had a chance to be in a division with them back when I was coaching. They play good football up there near Santa Barbara. They are tough. 
They are disciplined. They're physical. They're going to have a very intricate run game where they're going to use um, a lot of different personnel groups. They'll dress it all up, even though it's only about five to six run plays, but they're going to dress it up in 10 to 12 different formations. They're going to hit you with a nub. They're going to hit you with a bunch. They're going to hit you with a trio set with different personnels. And uh, they make it look one way, and it turns out to be another way. They did an excellent job last year defeating Golden Valley, like I said, and the championship kind of smacked them around. Bishop Diego always will be in the thick of things. And uh, I'm excited to see how this Division Four shakes out. It's going to be fun, GB. No doubt. And, and like you did, Chaparral, got to throw some love to Coach Raymer over there. He is the new head coach, and uh, he'll have those guys ready to go. That's always great offensive line coach, Coach Raymer. No does doubt. a great job. Hey, how about D3? So, uh, last year, Cajon knocked off Downey to win D4. So now both those two teams, Cajon and Downey, right. make the leap up to D3. They got Hart as the number one seed here, Keith. Hart lost a lot of guys. I, I get it. They're good every year. It doesn't matter. You know, they had JT Shrout, who, who kind of led that upset last year. When I want to say Hart knocked off a team... I'm going to have to look it up. But Hart knocked off a team that I thought was going to go pretty far. Might have even have been Lawndale. Is Hart yeah, I, I think so. I think so, in, Greg. In the second round. Yeah. So, so Hart is, is, by reputation alone, I get it. But you got to go with Cajon in this division, right? So just let's just read right through it, and I'll get your thoughts on it, Keith. Hart, Cajon, Downey. Paraclete. Yep. Dean Harrington, they moved up. Yep. Uh, Charter Oak, Newberry Park, Roosevelt. Murrieta Mesa, El Toro, Moore Park, Capo Valley, Santiago of Corona, Damien High School, Lompoc, Paloma Valley, Citrus Hill, Sierra Canyon down at the bottom, uh, La Mirada, and Etiwanda. So 19 teams in this D3. And, dude, again, a lot of depth, man. If they got Sierra Canyon third from the bottom, that would be, what, 16? Yeah. That's a good football team with, you know, good quarterback coming back. Yeah. Just a sophomore changing uh, Chain Perry, Perry absolutely. Corey Jones, the two-way athlete, absolutely. Canyon is always really good. So, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on Division Three? I uh, really like Division Three. Like you said, it's deep. Uh, I think Cajon is probably um, in the clubhouse right now. I mean, they're loaded with unbelievable talent. Uh, but I really like Charter Oak. They're always there in the thick of it. A little bit of fiasco. Uh, and their loss in the playoffs last year after the game, kind of some fights between the parents and some players or some coaches, whatever the case may be. Capistrano Valley is always a formidable program up there in South Orange County. They're going to be physical. Uh, Citrus Hill over there in Paris, California, they've always got some athletes. They can always make plays, and they're going to compete on a high level. I like Downey. Like you said, they've been on the rise for the last couple of years. I think they were in the championship game last year against Cajon. They're going to keep players. They're going to do a great job executing. Their coach has put them on the map over there. Um, of course, you say Hart, you know, they've got the history. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, the quarterback play position, you know for a fact, is going to be really, really good. They're going to have, they're going to execute. Um, they're going to block. They're going to tackle. They're going to play disciplined football. Look out for Marietta Mesa, head coach Daryl Turner, a, a good friend of mine, a former competitor of mine. We played high school ball against each other. Terrific coach. Did a great job last year at Marietta Mesa. They've lost quarterback Jeff Miller, the six foot six uh, big righty. They lost him, but they're going to be replacing him with another guy. Um, who's supposed to have a lot of upside, a lot of potential to be a big-time college player. So look out for Marietta Mesa. How about Newberry Park? Newberry Park 
They're going to have some athletes. They're going to put the ball in the air a lot, out the gun. They're going to push the ball vertically uh, always. They're going to push the pace. We love Paraclete, Dean Harrington. Uh, they got a terrific you know, sophomore running back. He was a freshman last year, Amir Bankhead. Now a sophomore. He'll be one of the top running backs in that division. There's no question about it. They're going to put up points. Uh, of course, they lost, you know, their quarterback, White. They lost their receiver, Stovall. One thing you know about Coach Harrington, he's always going to get money. He's always going to put points on the board. You can mark it down. It's going to happen. They got to come with a physical defense, be, there, be ready to stop somebody after kind of getting smacked around like some stepchildren versus Narbonne in the regional playoffs last year. Sierra Kenya. Um, I don't think they get enough respect football-wise in Southern California. They, like you said, Gary, excuse me, Greg, they've got, they have, uh, they have talent. Not just talent, they have depth. They got a they got a physical linebacker core. Shaden Perry is a very, very formidable, very productive, very efficient quarterback uh, behind center. You talked about Jones out as a two-way guy, receiver DB, making all types of plays. Uh, nobody was close to stopping him last year, and he, he took down and really locked up on some top-notch elite athletes and top prospects. So you got to look out for Sierra Canyon. Uh, hey, Division Three. I like it. You know, teams I'm not looking out for. I'm not looking out for Roosevelt. I'm not looking out for La Mirada. Lompoc, we'll see what they have, you know, considering um, they lost, you know, Tua, the running back who uh, signed at Nevada. So we'll see yep. how, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. But they normally have a really good program, though. It's not based on one guy. It's based on a team um, and, and creating an atmosphere of physicality and toughness and Really, uh, you know, making the other team bend to their will. So we'll see how that all shakes out at Lompo. But again, Division Three, I think, is led by Cajon. Jaden Daniels, top player in that deal. Um, Darren Jones, I don't think he's on the team anymore, GB. Could you have any background, any information with that? I haven't heard definitively yet. Okay. I know with Jonesy, it's always, you know, people always, it's always an academic thing. Yeah. So I know he's trying. I know he's got summer school that he's working on right now as we speak. Sure. So I sure hope he's playing. I mean, if he is, I mean, he's a difference maker like few other receivers in the country. <laughs> no six, doubt. Six, seven. Yeah. So I'm going to reserve any, uh, any uh, real thoughts until I know definitively. But hopefully... Even without him, I mean, they still, you know, got Jay Perth, linebacker. They got a transfer, like a lot, Camp Stevens, DB, came over from Ranch Cucamonga. I think that's still the class of the division, but I think Darren Jones definitely puts them over the top. Yeah, no doubt about it. Jonathan Perkins, one of the top linebackers in the state, easy. Um, Jaden Daniels, I mean, who's going to stop him? I mean, he threw for 70 touchdowns or something last year, ran for yeah. over 1,000. I mean, he had video game-like numbers. You can kind of mark it down. As long as he stays healthy, he's gonna he's gonna get those numbers again. They're gonna average fifty points a game. So somebody's got to be ready to bring the physicality to that Cajon team if they're gonna knock them off because they got yeah. too much skill for everybody else. The way you combat skill is you be overly physical with that skill, which kind of confines their space and really crowds them and makes them uncomfortable. Um, so that he's a little off. And their receivers are a little off. Uh, so on and so forth, but they're kind of like the Golden State Warriors right now in that division. They're loading up and they're ready to kind of rip through that division through. But nevertheless, that is why we play the game. GB, you got to get out yeah, on the field. You got to prove it every Friday. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see Newberry Park play. So they got a they got an up and coming quarterback, Ben Gobranson, is already committed to Cal. Yeah, and he even start last year. You know, they had, they had a you know a, a guy. Um, 
who, for whatever reason, every time I talk about Newberry Park, this kid's name always escapes me. But he's a kid, you know, going to Oklahoma. But Ben Branson's a good going to kid. going to Texas, six, two, going, going to Texas, te- six two, six three kid who um, just really looks the part. Had a good off season. Roosevelt's got some dudes. I, I wouldn't sleep on them too much. They got a couple of dudes, legit, you know, DB, Jalen Martin going to Colorado and Jalen Johnson, wide receiver going to Arizona. Both those two guys are long and athletic. Uh, Dorian Mars is a running back, cornerback. Obviously, they lost Brayden Huffman Dixon to modern day. They graduated Chase Williams, who's um, now at USC. But Roosevelt still got some dudes. Uh, but I, I am curious to watch Sierra Canyon. They got a, we said it a ton of times last year, Keith Gibson, you know, they have a program. Sure. And when you have a program, you not. It doesn't depend on who your talent is. It's just you. Just every year, you just built guys up. You have a great conditioning program. Your frost off and your JV teams always go eight and two, nine and one with those program. What Sierra Canyon does, they kind of just bringing guys up. You know, Corey Jones kind of looks like, and I mean this as a compliment, almost like a poor man's Mikael Wright in the way that this guy plays on both sides of the ball. He's electric with the football in his hand. Yep. He can be a shutdown corner. Really good player. Um, you know, you mentioned Downey. Jack Williams is the head coach, great coach. They got Kajon Foote, who's the quarterback who threw for three last year and rushed for one, and that's 3,000 and 1,000. So he's a all-purpose quarterback right there, dual threat guy. Are you going with Cajon to win this division? Yeah, I'm, I, right I, now? yeah no, absolutely. I'm going with Cajon. Too many returners, too much elite talent. Um, they've got athletes all over the field. Cam Stevens checked in. Jaden Daniels is, a, is 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 head and shoulders. That think the best player in the division. Uh, Jonathan Perkins. He's a physical playmaker at linebacker in the run game, pass game. He's a turnover machine. Um, and they they've got other kids, man. That's not it. You know, they've got defensive backs, Forrest, who can make plays. I mean, they got players. They got talent. And I think you know, as long as you know, they don't have a game where they turn the ball over seven times. I think they run rough shot over that Division Three, and, and they bring home the crown. Let's go to D2 and talk about loaded. Man, right? This division, we said the last year was loaded. They saw Valencia and Oaks Christian, who now are in D1. So those were that was the championship game last year. Oaks Christian kind of kind of shocked everybody. They upset Upland in the yeah. semifinals. Yeah. Upland was a, a heavy, heavy favorite. Um, and then they went ahead and beat Valencia 20-19 to in the final. So Oaks, Christian, Valencia, gone from D2. They are now both in D1. So D2, top seed, is Upland High School, Norco, Tesoro, Notre Dame, of Sherman Oaks, Edison High School, Heritage, Calabasas, La Habra, yeah. Cathedral, Alamany, Great Oak, St. Francis, Westlake, San Juan Hills, Rancho Verde, Los Alamitos, Redlands, East Valley, and Loyola. Great so, division. Great division. Man, yeah. that, is a, that is a stacked division. Um, you know, new teams in that division was, you know, Rancho Verde, who won D3. They're now in D2. St. Francis, uh, who lost to Rancho Verde, they're also now in D2 in Westlake and San Juan Hills, led by the great offensive lineman Sean Ryan. Uh, they're also now all in D2. So four new teams, all four of those teams, Westlake, Talent Hills, Rancho Verde, Pete Duffy, new head coach there, and then St. Francis, all moved up to D2. Woo! Tell you what, man, Upland's got to be the favorite, but there's four or five other teams that look like potential Final Four, at, at least. Final four caliber teams that one. Yeah, listen, Division Two is loaded. Uh, love this as my second division. Division Two for a reason. Uh, I really like Upland. 
Davis and Davis, they're always going to have players. That area of Southern California is stacked and loaded with players. And uh, Coach has been there for a long time. Coach Salter has been there for a long time. He's known for getting guys in the school. But I'm going to take Calabasas in this division. I think the combination, the wide receiver combination of Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman, I mean, that arguably the best wide receiver combination in the country, along with, you know, Jaden Casey, Tossin Appeal, New Fresno State commit, and they got other kids up over there. I think they're going to have be more physical up front on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, especially in the interior. Who's going to stop Johnny Wilson and Pittman on the outside? You know what I mean? Uh, who's got the, the the personnel to match up? You know, can they do a great job? Again, controlling the line of scrimmage on offense and defense. I know they got some transfer kids in. They've been beefing up in the weight room. Chris Claiborne setting the environment and creating a physical mentality over at a, a Calabasas High School that's not known for being physical just based on city and environment alone. But Coach Claiborne trying to get that turned around. Uh, listen, that's a loaded squad. <laughs> They've got a ton of talent. But that, like you said, GB, what about Alamany? Alamany, I know they may be a year away, but you know Coach Colossen does a nice job with his offense. They're going to put points on the board. They're going to hit that drag route, that shallow drag, and they're going to catch and run. That's what he's going to do. You can mark it down. Los Alamitos, also a very you know good program, known for having good football teams. Loyola, you know, moving from Division One, going to Division Two. Can they compete? I know they got a quarterback that people really, really like. He's got a couple of offers. We'll see how that goes. Redlands East Valley. Um, they're they're always really good. Rancho Verde. Is Pete McDuffie back at Rancho Verde, GB? He sure is. Pete McDuffie back. So you you know what they're going to do. They're going to put just points Pete, up. Just Duffy. Doesn't have the McMick in front of him. I'm sorry. Team, although he does like McDonald's, and I think he does like the Big Mac. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to the Big Mick. I got but, you. Uh, yeah, I know our guy Duffy's back there with uh, with some speed, right? He's got Jamar Simpson. Yeah. they got Jackson Turner at safety. Sure. They got some dudes over there. They've got some athletes. What about Westlake? How about the listen? They got the transfer, De Gabriel Floyd, Cam Fabikilainen. Yep. Okay, yep. they they got the little back, Jason Heller, who doubles in the slot. He's in the backfield. He's a four 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 five kid. That's very explosive in open space. He can get behind you. He can make plays, and he's got a physical build to be able to take contact or create contact if necessary. Like you said, San Juan Hills with the big offensive tackle, he's always going to be a threat to, to block down on somebody in an ear hole and knock you on your head. So we'll see how that unfolds. How about Norco, the number two rated passer in the 2020 class, Shane Illingsworth? Will he start at Norco? That's a big question because their returner is back. Uh, we'll see how that transpires. Hey. They have some players at Norco, some young kids who I saw in tournaments over the summer who I really, really like. Starting with Jonah Carnell, uh, a slot receiver with excellent speed, reverses, fly sweeps, vertical, screen plays. He can get out in the open field. He can burn. They've got a couple kids. Who's going to replace Travis Dye in the backfield? Do they have a physical um, electric runner in the backfield that can take pressure off their passing game? Um, and really have defenses on their heels and make them play honest. We'll see how that transpires. How about Sherman Oaks, Notre Dame? I hear they got some six foot six, two hundred ninety pound freshman kid who's running around like uh, uh, Joel Embiid out there. So we'll <laughs> we'll see how that shakes out over at Notre Dame. Of course, their coach, um, Coach Rooney. He's GB. Is it thirty years? 
I feel like he's been there since Adam and Eve were playing some football <laughs> in the backyard. There's no Garden. doubt. Like Adam and Eve, absolutely. What about Lahabra? Brooks is still over there, yeah. helping out with the receivers. Yeah, lamenting the fact that he lost Bo Collins to St. John Bosco last time I talked to Buck. But I mean, they're always going to be well coached at, at Notre Dame. But yeah, you mentioned Lahabra and our, our guy Clark Phillips, and, and obviously Coach Mazada does a great job. They got some dudes at Lahabra too. It's not just it's not just Clark. No, you know, no, they got, no. They got some intriguing talent. Absolutely, Ryan Zanelli at quarterback, Gabe Hernandez over at the safety. Uh, you know, let's talk about. Kalani Washington, who's, you know, as dynamic as a high school football player as you're going to see on that part of Southern California, um, returning kicks. He's in the slot. He's making plays. You know, they've got some big-time players over there at La Habra. I know they're looking for, and, and Clark Phillips, uh, you know, I'm just going to quote him. They're looking for big-time revenge in that first game versus Upland. And uh, I'm, see, I'm, I'm anxious to see La Habra in their new stadium versus Upland. Big-time game, revenge game. We'll preview that as it kind of gets closer and closer. But uh, I think some elite athletes in that game, some high-level college football prospects, should be fun to go out and watch. Greg Biggins, no question. Dude, so while you were talking, I pulled up Calabasas' schedule. And this is very much like Chris Claiborne. He kind of has that Pat Hill, Fresno State mentality. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyone, anytime, anywhere. Listen to this, Keith. So they open up at Jay Sarah. Yep. At Lawndale. Yep. Scratch that. I'm reading this wrong. They open up at home against Jay Sarah. At Jay Sarah. Calabasas. At ho- okay. At home at home against Jay Sarah. At home against Lawndale. At La Habra. Home against Rancho Cucamonga. At Valencia. Yeah. I love it. That's their five that's their five non league games. Obviously Rancho Cucamonga is way down. They didn't know that when they decided to make that game. At sure. the time they probably made the game, you know, Sean Dollar, Jeremiah Cadell, Cam Stevens were all there. But to Jay Sarah, Lawndale. La Habra and Valencia. Yeah, Calabas. They got they got a loaded schedule. That is that is Calabasas, man. They are not ducking anybody. So I, I can't wait to see Jaden Casey. I I, I don't want to leak it out yet because I haven't confirmed it, but I heard they might have another receiver coming in who could be a pretty uh, a pretty decent playmaker to join Micah Pittman and Johnny <laughs> Wilson. Keith, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll I see, bet. We'll see if this one happens, but me too. Hey, man, I, I'm loving it. Hey, Greg, you don't schedule that type of uh, big-time teams unless you know you got players and you have players coming in who are going to help you compete on that level. So I can imagine that Calabasas team is going to be pretty loaded, but I love the attitude of the coaches. Um, you know, anytime, anywhere, that, that's Michael Pittman, that's, you know, Chris Claiborne, um, that's C. Conway. All those guys are big-time competitors, and they want to take on the best. And I appreciate and respect that, and we'll see how that plays out over the next few weeks. But I love the scheduling as they have it set forward for this 2018 season. Yeah, keep your eyes on Miller Moss. Really good-looking young oh, yeah. quarterback. 2021, 20, Donovan West is one of the better offensive linemen out west. Um, you know, Casey's going to open up that offense, and, and Miller Moss, dude, I, again, Danny Hernandez, his quarterback coach, does a great job watching some film that he put up on Twitter a couple of days ago. Yeah, man, Miller Moss, just his mechanics and the way he throws with such fluidity, his, his drop, ball placement, and motion kind of remind me of Josh Rosen. Just the ball just comes out so effortlessly, mm. and he's a real athletic kid too. I mean, I like guys, it. the ball just pops out of their hand. Some guys you can just see the kind of struggle to get it out. Sure, with Miller, it's real effortless release. So I think he's going to be good. So I mean, so you you got Calabasas taken out. 
you have Calabasas beating Upland. Is that, is that your your final right there, or do you uh, you just kind of not you just want to name a you want to just name a winner? Yeah, yeah. I, I think Calabasas is going to win that division. Uh, okay. I, I think they have the right blend of coaching, talent, and energy and mentality going into the 18 season. If they can stay healthy, I think Calabasas wins it. I mean, great skill on both sides of the ball. I don't know enough about either, um, you know, O-line, D-line for either side. So I think that's always going to – I mean, we know Justin Flo is going to bring it on defense for Upland, but it always comes down to the trenches. And as of right now, man, I, I haven't seen enough offensive line play for either of those two teams. But I know that watching those two teams from a skill standpoint, yeah. like you mentioned, the Davises for Upland, no relation. And then all, you know, all of Calabasas' dudes, that's going to be good. Um, but yeah, man, I think it's, that's going to be a great division. So D2 is a wrap. We're going to save D1 for next week. We're going to save the L.A. City section. Can anyone even touch Narbonne? If, if Narbonne spotted any team in the L.A. City three touchdowns, would they still lose? No. I don't think so. I, I don't think nobody beats Narbonne's second team. I, I think the two best teams are probably Narbonne's at ones and twos. And There's no doubt. So we'll we'll preview. Is good. Sure, we'll preview the city section next week, along with Division One. There's a lot to talk about. A lot of players. A lot of elite coaching um, going on in those two areas. Looking forward to talking Centennial Huskies, one of my favorite programs. Of course, you got the Oaks Christian Lions. Uh, with Charlie Collins leading the way, they've got something up their sleeve. You better bet. You know, bet your bottom dollar on it. Uh, the, again, the Gauchos—they've got a ton of transfers. They may have won the offseason. You, you know, you can't talk about Division One without talking Braves, Monarchs. I mean, it's going to be great. What about the Lan- the Lancers of Orange Lutheran and and Super Quarterback Ryan Halinski to Kyle for a connection? Man, Division One's going to be awesome. GB again, we'll preview that next week. Uh, but you know, this Division Two through Six or Six through down to Two. I really like it. Division 4, 3, and 2, I'm really, really intrigued with. I'm excited about the matchup. I'm excited about the athletes. I'm excited about the coaching, uh, the scheduling. I'm excited about, you know, when when we get down to playoff time, we're going to have some really great competition. And, uh, you know, the most physical team up front, the most disciplined team who doesn't beat themselves, um, and the teams who, you know, stick together through adversity without pointing fingers and continue to push and finish the game strong, they're going to win. And I'll be looking forward to that, GB. And, and just so people know, we didn't go through Division 7 through however many divisions there are, but we'll, we'll still be covering, you know, those teams sure. and, and those players. I mean, Cobra City, you know, in Division 7 got some dudes. No doubt. Sure, you know, K.J. Crump and he's got a couple players already committed. I know Fresno State and and, you know, D8, you look at Division 8, you know, Felician, West Covina, Temesco Canyon are always good. So all those divisions, when we do our, you know, stat stars of the week and when we talk about, you know, who's doing what, we're definitely going to still love up with those guys. I mean, shoot, Linfield Christian at D2, you know, they got Travion Brown and Ben Coleman, two of the best players in the state. They're down there at D12, but they got some dudes. My Ocean View Seahawks, baby, are number four in Division 11. <laughs> we're going to spend at least an hour every week talking about the Seahawks. But, uh, that was a, that was a joke. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. Maybe just like 25 minutes. Yeah, no doubt. Hour. Well, you know, uh, hey, listen, you, <laughs> listen, GB. You got Division Eight. You have Agora, um, who's always got you know some a quarterback who who can throw the pill. 
Um, you have Arcadia. They've got some kids we like and some coaches that we think, you know, pretty highly of. What about if you move down? You're talking about, you know, Salesian program who's kind of taking a hit after the mass exodus of players and coaches, but they should be right in the thick of things. West Covina is always a pretty good program. So we'll see how that shakes out. Lakewood trying to get back on the map uh, with head coach Christensen, Mike Christensen over there that's back, who had a successful stint um, in the early 2000s. But he's back now at Lakewood trying to get those guys back on the map. They've come out struggling out the gate his first year or two there. Uh, But I know Mike personally. He's a very good coach. And uh, once he gets some players in there, they're going to be okay. So, again, uh, we're not going to preview, you know, Division 85. But, again, we'll be talking about those players and coaches kind of as we review game film and we review the stats every week. Um, here on the Transparent Truth. So, uh, you know what I'm a little surprised by, and we're going to focus on D1 obviously next week. But one of the, it, it's an annoying term for me. I see always players always say, "Oh, they're sleeping on me." It's just annoying for me. Sure. But I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it right now, Keith. So they got Centennial at number seven in, in D1. Yeah, that's like, absurd. I, that for me, what are they thinking? Absurd. I, I do. People think because Tanner McKee left, all of a sudden Centennial's not going to be good anymore. I mean, they're in the top three for me, and we'll talk about them next week. But until you beat Centennial, which nobody has been able to do other than Bosco, Bosco right? Over the last couple of years, I think did Modern Day get them in the last couple of years? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think it's just been Bosco. I think their only losses are to you know. Bosco and maybe some out of the area teams. Right. You know, IMG got them two years in a row. Right. IMG Academy. But, dude, I mean, I, I like Orange Lou. I like, you know, some of these teams in here. I like what Jay Sarah's going to have. But Mission Viejo, obviously. But I got some 10 in my top three, no doubt. And like I said, that's enough of a teaser. That'll be next sure. week. Sure. That'll be next week. Absolutely. It's time Wrap to move on. Yep, yep. It's time to move on, GB. We got to get to our. One to watch. All right, football fans, we're talking about our one to watch, the next best thing in high school football or coming from the youth levels here on The Transparent Truth. All right, our one to watch this week hails from the West Coast, not here in California. I had a chance to go out and facilitate and coach the Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy 8th grade All-American game. Got a chance to work with 2023 quarterback Keikani Graham from Hawaii. Trains with the Tagovailoas, uh, Talia and Tua from the University of Alabama. Let me tell you something. This kid is a big-time player. He's a winner, a great leader. He's got a terrific skill set. His footwork in the pocket is excellent. His ability to see the field, read the field, and make timely throws is very, very good. He also has the athletic ability to get out the pocket, get some quarterback run Play, you know, design, run, play stuff, and be successful and move the chains. Uh, but you know, the, the big thing about this kid, GB, is he's a, he's a worker. He's a learner. He can distribute the football to all three levels accurately, and he's a very, very humble kid, a humble leader. Beautiful family, beautiful mom, terrific father. A uh, lot of respect for the family. My one to watch this week. Big time player for the future, Kekani Graham. Hawaii quarterback, lefty, big-time player. Be watching out for him. He'll be a big-time scholarship guy in the near future. With all that being said, 
It's time to bring this baby to a close, GB. We appreciate all you listeners out there. The Transparent Truth is on the move. We've got so many things we're talking about, so many things that we're doing. When we can bring it to the table, we will let you know. For my friend Greg Biggins and my co-host, it's your boy, Coach Keith. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.